and welcome to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, industry updates for the modern dairy family. I'm Melissa Lima, your North Coast and Organic Field Services rep, bringing you this week's action-packed episode. We'll start out with a market update with our awesome contract economist, Tiffany Lamandola of Blimling & Associates, followed by an update from Paul Souza on everything environmental happening in the California dairy industry this week. We then sit down with Kevin Hugendorn, a dairy veterinarian and the creator of the Zisk app to talk about the useful tools Zisk could provide to dairy producers in California. And we wrap up today's episode with an update from our Luceros Unidos de California program with the awesome Rochelle Seguera. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'll jump right in with Tiffany. Hi folks, hope you had a great week. Oh, it's been a busy one in the dairy markets and outside markets alike. Uh, as we think about dairy, if we could just focus on dairy fundamentals alone, the conversation would be uh, really pretty easy. We are off in supply still in the U.S. That really remains the, the, the biggest topic. Um, we're certainly hearing mixed reports about what the spring flush might bring this year. I mean, on one hand, when we see milk prices this high historically, that would incentivize supply. And I've certainly heard from some producers that um, are looking to do that, to capitalize on these plus 20, 21, 22, all the way up to $25 milk prices. On the other hand, though, um, input costs are up significantly as well. Um, no, no surprise on that front. Um, I've also heard that lack of heifers and then also potential base programs could limit supply responses for some. So I think it will be interesting to see over, over the next couple of months how this rolls out. Um, we suspect it will not be a one-size-fits-all type of story. Um, outside the U.S., the milk supplies haven't recovered either. Um, and most of the major milk-producing regions in Europe and Oceania are still off in their output year over year. And then uh, meanwhile, our demand for dairy still remains really good, both at the retail level um, we just got uh, cheese sales data up 13.2% on a year, uh, two-year basis in February. And on the export front, international demand for our product remains good because those markets are um, elevated as well. U.S. cheese exports in, um, in January were 16.7% higher over uh, year-ago levels. Mexico took the bulk of that. They were up 73%, so big win there. Moving away from dairy fundamentals, the conversation gets a little bit more complex. Uh, certainly, the ongoing upheaval in Ukraine has all markets on edge. For dairy, the largest impacts have certainly been on the grain markets and energy markets. Uh, keep in mind, Ukraine is a huge agricultural producer. Um, we figure they account for about 15% of the world's corn exports, about 10% of the world wheat exports, and 50% of the world's sunflower oil exports. So uh, obviously a very important region. Um, you know, we're hearing stories of um, export bans and the like, both out of Ukraine and Russia. And so it's certainly a situation worth monitoring. I would say the other things on our mind is, is obviously the inflationary concerns um, for our consumers. Um, indeed, we all we all know this and feel it. But February data just came out. Uh, consumer price inflation surged up seven point nine percent on the year. That's the sharpest increase in forty years. Obviously, uh, surging fuel prices, 
um, are also concerned. That cuts into discretionary spending for consumers. So lots of things going on. It looks like we are in for another very busy and um, uncertain year ahead. I would say in the meantime, the forward futures curve on our dairy market still continue to offer some really great options for managing milk price risk. So encourage you to take a hard look at those. One easy route is simply just putting in a price floor. So you give all the upside, but have some downside milk protection through the dairy revenue or DRP program. Um, For instance, right now, I just took a look at rest of year. So this would be Q2 through Q4. On average, after premiums are covered, so after the cost of the program is covered, you could secure an average 2178 floor for class three. And again, after premiums covered for class four, a 2273 milk price floor all the way through 2022. So feel free to reach out with any questions. Have a wonderful week. Hi, I'm Jessica with PG&E. 811 is a free service to keep our community safe. Before you do any digging, PG&E will mark your gas and electric lines so you don't hit them. Call 811 before you dig. To learn more, visit pge.com safety. We are thankful to welcome back to the podcast, Paul Souza, our Director of Regulatory and Environmental Affairs. Welcome back, Paul. Uh, thank you, Melissa. Always glad uh, to be on Seen and Heard. We love having you, Paul, and you have a bunch of updates for us today. As is tradition, we're meeting with you on the Wednesday after our most recent board meeting, which happened to be on a Sunday this week in um, Pismo, but you made a quick presentation to the board this week, Paul, and first on the docket was um, AMP and digesters, and before we get kicked off, we will just mention that as of today, Wednesday, March 10th, that AMP and digester application period opened. You logged on just a few minutes ago, and those applications are live. So a quick reminder for producers to give us a call. We're we're ready to start those um, and we'll be pretty busy the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I've got a pretty good list going already. I'm not sure how many more I can take because I have gotten a lot of interest from folks. And so I've got a pretty good list going, but I've got room for a few more. So if someone is interested, they definitely should reach out to us. But now we know, um, you know, applications are open and the deadline is May 9th. Uh, unless that changes, but that's what we're looking at. We're looking at a 60-day application period, which is a little bit longer than they've done in the past. Uh, They put this out for a comment period, and people commented that they wanted more time, and so uh, we've got 60 days from the time they release the applications until they're due. Uh, Also, as a technical service provider, uh, Western United is working with CDFA, and we're getting funding from CDFA to help people with their applications, and we get this training and uh, have a little bit more uh, insider knowledge, I guess. Um, And so as part of that, they are uh, increasing the amount of funding going to AMP. In the past, it's been about 25 to 35% of the funding has gone to AMP. Um, This year, because the legislation that appropriated that funding said that AMP was to be prioritized, uh, they are aiming to put 40% of the funding towards AMP. And so um, normally it's been about the same number of AMP projects as there have been digester projects. Uh, We should see more AMP projects get funded this time around than um, we've seen um, in the past, uh, more than digesters. And so, um, you know, that's big news and uh, that'll keep us really busy for the next 60 days and uh, looking forward to helping uh, our members uh, complete some applications. Uh, It is very competitive. And so you really gotta, um, you know, put together a good application. Another thing that's interesting in, in the digester realm 
is that uh, funding for digesters, the maximum funding was reduced from $2 million to $1.6 million. And there were some comments by digester developers uh, per application. And the reason was, I, I think before, it actually started out at $3 million and it went down to 2 million and now it's at 1.6. You were creating big winners and losers. If you had two dairies that were building a digester, one of them got $3 million through CDFA's digester program and the other one got zero, you know, that made, you know, create a winner and a loser. And this way, I think they're spreading that money out more. It's, I don't see any negative to it. It's just that, you know, both of those guys are likely to get a $1.6 million grant instead of one of them getting a $3 million grant and the other guy getting nothing. So um, that's out and open also. Um, if you're interested in that, you should be talking to a digester developer. They usually handle those op applications. So um, hopefully, you know, it's a tight window to do applications, even in 60 days. Hopefully, if you're interested in that, you've already been talking to somebody and you've got some uh, plans well underway. Definitely. And if, if you haven't talked to someone and you're interested, remember that we've been guaranteed another round of funding probably next year. And we do have some sponsors that are digester developers. So reach out to us and we'll put you in touch with them um, to start talking about maybe a digester for the next round. And the same with AMP. It really, as you mentioned, Paul, it's probably a little late to just start a project. It might work out for some folks, but our, our glass is pretty full at this point. And so call us and we'll start doing the, some talking about what we could do next year on your dairy. Um, and we're here to help. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm a little nervous, Paul. It's going to be a big 60 days, as you mentioned, um, holiday in the middle of that and some different things going on. But I think we're going to get some good applications completed. And I'm excited for the 60 days because you're right. That gives us a little more time to just iron out some details on some of these applications. Yep. So that was that item. Um, just kind of updating the board on that. And uh, the next item I talked to the board about was uh, Central Valley Water Board uh, issues, quite a bit going on. And uh, it's important to keep the board and our members updated on what's happening there. Uh, so the first item is that the State Water Resources Control Board um, received a petition back in 2013 when the revised Dairy General Order was adopted, uh, petitioning that order saying that the regional board didn't do its job. The State Board is now reviewing that petition and they have these um, discussion, they're having a, a discussions among a stakeholder group uh, on that petition and how they should handle it. Uh, they've recently been talking about nutrient management. They've talked about lagoons. And I think I've been on the podcast talking about that. Now they're talking about nutrient management. Um, these are just discussions. They're not what's in the regulations, but uh, the idea seems to be uh, to calculate and report a whole farm balance within two years of the dairy general order being revised. And uh, that dairies should achieve a whole farm balance within eight to 10 years of that order being adopted. And they've got another deadline that they put further out there, and that is to comply with groundwater protection formulas uh, 20 years out from the adoption of, the general, of that order. And so we're not sure what those groundwater protection formulas are going to look like. The state would contract with somebody, a university or something, to come up with that. Uh, but these are just discussions at this point, uh, you know, trying to see what this may look like and, and what may. Um, come out of this. Right, okay. The, the next item uh, is a little bit different, but um, I'm on a, a conference call with the Regional Water Quality Control Board in the Central Valley twice a month, um, kind of, you know, updating each other on what's going on, what the Water Board is doing, any letters they're planning on sending out, and uh, from the industry side, we also, you know, issues that are happening in the industry that the Water Board should be aware of. Um, and recently in our discussions, uh, the Water Board has been bringing up that they are going to be uh, not processing applications for dairy expansions 
uh, due to some internal uh, permitting concerns. Hmm. Uh, this is a big issue for the dairies that are in that situation and that are in the process, currently in the process of expanding. Um, if they expand, they would be doing so at their own risk uh, without water board approval. Um, there's a couple of solutions here. Um, they may not be that easy to grasp, but the idea is um, if a dairy is expanded, they need to be under a permit. And when you expand, you, you know, grow out of the dairy general order. And so the regional board could issue an individual permit to, for a dairy. Uh, the issue with that is that the regional board lacks staff. Uh, it would be, there's actually a lot of dairies that have expanded beyond uh, the general order and would require an individual permit. And there's a lot of staff tied up in that. Uh, the other alternative, and I've kind of touched on it, is that when the state water board finishes their process of reviewing that petition, the dairy general order in the Central Valley is going to be revised based on the input from uh, the state water resources control board. And when that order gets revised, uh, there's the possibility of doing a programmatic environmental impact report at the state level to allow dairies that have expanded into that general order. And that would solve this issue uh, because those dairies would then be covered under a permit. The problem with that one is that's at least two years away before that's right. done. And so, um, you know, we're still kind of talking through this with the water board and exactly what uh, is going to happen in the meantime, but there is kind of this limbo situation for dairies. Um, if you haven't expanded, um, you know, or if you've expanded in the past, that's not an issue. It's just if you are, you know, planning to expand, you know, now or in the very near future, uh, this could be an issue for you. Now, Paul, does this include dairies that have, um, that are kind of in the process of expanding and have already contacted the water board sort of in the hopper or just dairies that are thinking about it and want to do it in the future? Dairies that haven't received um, an approval for an expansion. So if you've gone through the process and you're holding the permits in hand, let's say you haven't constructed, but yes. you've gotten, you know, your permits you right. know, for uh, an expansion, you're okay. It's the guys, you know, maybe you've sent something to the water board, but they haven't given you something back saying, uh, you know, your expansion is approved. If you're thinking about it, like you said, um, those are the ones that are um, really caught in that limbo situation. Okay. Okay. So if you have that issue and you want to learn a little bit more about how to work through it or whatever, contact Paul, contact your field rep and, and we'll connect you with Paul. But um, there are maybe some options there, but it, that's a pretty frustrating situation for dairies who are in that position for sure. Yeah, and we've just started these discussions. Hopefully there's some uh, solutions or some ways yeah. um, you know, through this uh, as we continue to talk to the water board and come up with solutions. Definitely. Anything else, Paul, that you wanted to share with our members? Yeah, I had one more item. Uh, so again, on these calls um, with the Central Valley Water Board, uh, they brought up an issue uh, for just on the last call. I haven't heard of this before that. Uh, the Central Valley Water Board has received a uh, Public Records Act request from an environmental justice group seeking the nutrient management plans for a small group of dairies. Uh, if you'll remember, uh, these are not submitted to the water board. These are kept on site at the dairy because they are a living document. You change them, you update them regularly. Um, and so it doesn't make sense to be submitting something that, you know, it's always changing. Right. Um, and then when the water board comes out and does an inspection, uh, they can look at them and review them. And so, you know, the issue is the water board has been asked for them. The water board doesn't have them in their hands. 
Uh, and the water board is uh, seeking counsel from their internal counsel about what to do about this. Do they have to ask them from the dairy to provide them to the environmental justice groups? Does the fact that they don't have them in hand mean that they don't have to provide them? Um, this is just you know part of that discussion. Again, some of these things that we talk about on this call are very uh, you know cutting edge or new, uh, yeah. but um, you know this is you know the types of discussions we're having. And if dairies you know maybe six months from now something happens and dairies are being asked for their nutrient management plans, um, you know, this is where that started. And so just trying to make people aware and let them know what's going on. And yes. so that wraps up my updates uh, for the board. Um, always happy to be on. And yeah, if members have questions about this or any other topics, they can always feel free to give me a call. Awesome. Thanks, Paul, for always joining us and bringing us all the good information from the environmental world. We appreciate you. Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. I am here with Dr. Kevin Hugendorn, a dairy veterinarian and the creator of the well-known dairy market app, Zisk. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on today. I'm glad to be here, Darby. And I'm hoping I got your name correct. If you didn't, you can feel free to correct me. No, that's great. All right. Well, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and your role in the dairy industry to get us started? Sure. So... Actually, I grew up in Iowa on a feedlot, um, went to veterinary school at Iowa State, and I was fortunate enough to join a dairy nutrition group um, when I graduated. Um, worked in the dairy nutrition sector for 14 years, and then started doing just a lot more uh, business and finance work with my dairy clients. Um, especially as I saw them struggle with the markets, with uh, the volatile milk and feed prices. Um, yeah, I, I just found myself more and more drawn to that and involved in that aspect of their business. So I guess that kind of leads me into my next question. Um, maybe what led you to create the app Zisk? And then if you wouldn't mind giving some of our listeners who maybe haven't used the app or been exposed to it, kind of an overview of what it is and what it does. Sure. So... Through my working with these dairy farmers, um, it became apparent we needed a good way to project what the future looked like. So we have the futures markets on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. We know what feed prices are going to be in the future, corn, soybean meal, canola, things like that. But the question was, how do we put that all together? So I started working on these giant spreadsheets, essentially just taking a dairy producer's financials, building them into production uh, projections, and then starting to feed in some of the futures milk prices, the futures feed prices. And that just gave us a high comfort level for what the next 12 months looked like and gave us uh, a comfort level with engaging in risk management that we probably didn't have before. Um, unfortunately, a lot of dairy producers will only look at the milk price and if it's high, they feel really good. If it goes down, they feel badly. 
um, but don't spend enough time looking at what the margin is. So, you know, today is a great example. Milk price is really high, uh, but feed price is also really high. So how does that, how does that margin compare? Um, and that, that worked out really well with the dairy producers, and I, I still do quite a bit of that. And then I guess uh, someone challenged me, how do you take that idea to all of the dairy producers in the US? So that's where we came up with the idea of this app. And so the app is not an accounting device. It's, it's much more of a, um, tells you kind of with a fair degree of accuracy what the future looks like for your farm. So, um, the app is available on the Apple store, the Android store, it's free. Um, dairymen pay for enough things in life. Um, we thought this should be free. And so it's really simple. If uh, once you download it, you enter a few things, your farm name, your email, and then it, you enter the number of herd, a number of total milk cows in your herd and your milk production and what your typical bonus is. And so that's as simple as it is. And from there, the app uses the CME market data for corn, milk, soybean meal, et cetera, runs it through a series of calculations and projects out, this is what your profit looks like each month going forward for the next 12 months. And it's also a, a super simple way to watch the markets. Um, we have class three, class four milk on there. Um, we also carried a bunch of news articles on there, um, try to keep them to articles people actually are interested in reading. So. Yeah, the, the app is super easy to use. Well, it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like it's great for everybody. And I've kind of, I know, you know, some of my producers use the app, but it sounds like also a really good way for maybe dairy, you know, producers who haven't made the jump into really looking at that kind of information or really, you know, I know people who have built out Excel spreadsheets that they use for this type of stuff, but some producers maybe don't do that. So it seems like it could be a really good and a simpler way to, even dip your toe into the water and start to look at profitability with a different amount of factors. Right, so that's where I consider the Zisgap TV just a great indicator. So right now, if you look at it, the next 12 months looks really good. So, you know, what, what I would like app users to do then is to, you know, and this is what I see, they check it two or three times a day. Hey, it's showing a lot of profit over the next six to 12 months that's the time you pick up your phone and you call your broker, you call your risk management person, your accountant, your banker, whoever you're working with, right? So, um, you know, like I said, the app's not an accounting system, but it's a pretty good indicator of what the future looks like. And, and that's what I see, um, even some of the larger dairies that use the app, they're working with a large um, dairy advice brokerage firm. They use their spreadsheets, but they also just use the Zisk app because it's so fast to check you know, it's a minute or two a couple times a day and you can really see what's going on in the dairy markets. Just a quick snapshot kind of overview they can pull out and look at. Um, I was curious how long, when did you launch the Zisgap and, and how has that been? How long has it been out? Yeah, so I started working on the app in early 2015 and then I believe we launched sometime in 2017. Um, and as of today, we have just over 2.7 million cows using the app. So right at 30% of the dairy cows in the U.S. use it. And that's pretty exciting to us. Yeah, that is pretty exciting. 
um, what you know you're talking about, you have good portion of cows on it. Where do you see it going? Do you have any bigger plans in the future? You know, kind of what are you what are you thinking about? It's obviously a great tool, you know, for farmers and you sure. have a way to to meet, you know, to connect with them and Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's exactly where I see it going. Um you know the the biggest question with any um digital type app is you know how do you how do you monetize it right how do you pay for it um, so you know our goal is 100 percent to keep the app free to dairy farmers um we do a minimal amount of advertising on it from uh, industry industry partners industry companies and that's working out well um for me i think two things i'd like to keep the app simple but i'd like to also just start offering a few more things like, um, you know, some statistics of what does it mean when the milk is $24? Um, you know, when has it ever been there in the past? What's the likelihood of it going there in the future? Um, and there's a few other things we're playing with, like, uh, you know, maybe a bit of a social media function on it, things like that. Um, and we just really like to increase users on it. Honestly, we'd love to get up to 5 million cows. Um, we get great reviews for it. It's, pretty easy it's free and pretty simple so um yeah most people who download it are pretty happy with it and that's the feedback we generally get well i can vouch for sure for the limited advertising i've been around on the app and yeah it's it's not intrusive and it's it's really minimal and i think it's it's really exciting for producers that you're putting this out there as one other option to look at their operation without having to pay and then decide where they can go from there so I think from my experience, a lot of farmers are, are interested in that and appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's what we see as well. Um, you know, it's, it's great we're having uh, this discussion because, you know, we look at the usage per state and, uh, you know, California is definitely one of those states that I think haven't heard about the app as much. If we just look at the number of cows versus the number of people using it. So yeah, we're super excited to get more exposure out there. Well, great. And we'll be sure to link the information to the app for our listeners in our show notes. So if you're listening and you're interested in, you know, looking around on the app and downloading it, you can click the link in our show notes and kind of as we wrap up, we really want to thank you for taking the time to be on. And then do you have anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? The only thing I'd probably like to share with your listeners is, if you're not looking at risk management, start looking at it. Um, I've spent a lot of time in this industry and I have no confidence in predicting anything the market is going to do. Uh, all I can do is look at the futures prices. And I think we've had two pretty amazing examples of that. Two years ago, we had COVID and we saw $12 milk and $24 milk within a couple months of each other. And you know, now we're dealing with this very unfortunate situation in Ukraine. And I don't think any of us could have predicted that. So there's a lot of awesome tools out there. I just really encourage uh, Dairyman to at least start looking at them. Well, I agree with you. And thank you again. We really appreciate your time. All right. Thanks, Darby. 
Did you know that you can turn your dairy manure into cash? Bennett Environmental is offering above-ground dairy digesters at no cost to you. These systems can also remove nitrates from your lagoons to help you comply with water board regulations. Our proven above-ground technology will generate income for your dairy into the foreseeable future. Because we truck the renewable natural gas off-site, your dairy can profit regardless of your location. Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com. Hi, dairy members of Western United Dairies. Lecheros Unidos de California is here to remind you that we are here to help you find and search for new employees and provide assistance advertising your open positions on our social media employee outreach channels. Remember, it's free for WUD members. Please don't hesitate to contact me at 209-527-6453 or via email at rashell at wudairies.com. Thank you and have a nice day. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Seen and Heard. We hope you'll rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite listening platform. And remember, if you have questions, comments, or content requests, please reach out to Melissa, M-L-E-M-A at wudairies.com or Darby, D-A-R-B-Y at wudairies.com anytime. A huge thanks to our contributors this week, Dr. Kevin Hugendorn, Tiffany LaMondola, Paul Souza, and Rochelle Segura. We look forward to visiting with you next week, where we will have Western United Dairy's newly appointed board president, Louis Borba, on the podcast for a little Q&A about himself, his family dairy, and what he hopes for what in the coming year. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. While Western United Dairies respects the varied views of our podcast guests, Please know that views expressed on Seen and Heard may not necessarily reflect the positions of the Western United Dairies Board of Directors. Thank you to Western United Dairies generous business sponsors, Gar Bennett, California Dairy Magazine, Farm Credit Alliance, FNR Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, Bennett Environmental, PG&E, and Yosemite Farm Credit. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. If you'd like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at wudairies.com. That's info at wudairies.com.